Hello and welcome to the best podcast in the minors. This is Carter Chapley speaking and a little bit of a preamble into this episode. We spend a significant amount of time, Daniel and I do, talking about the impending call-up or the performance of Jordan Walker. And this was recorded not three or four hours before we learned that Jordan Walker would be called up to the Cardinals. So while a lot of our points stand, a lot of the things that we believe are still true, it definitely colors the context of what this podcast is about as different to know that he is already called up and we didn't know that at the time rather than thinking, well, do these guys not know that he hasn't, has been called up? He's not a Cardinal yet. So we just wanted to inform you that we, we now know this, but it's we stand by what we said about it. And I think it's an important thing to kind of look back on perhaps as we move forward with the next era of Jordan Walker Cardinals baseball. So, so please enjoy this episode and we'll see you shortly. Metro. All right, that's the intro to the pod. Welcome to the best podcast oh, wait, in the minors. Where we going? <laughs> Welcome to the best podcast in the minors. Uh, my name is Car- producer Carter Chapley, and I'm here with uh, <laughs> with young Metro Daniel Guerrero, minor oh, league I baseball can't, writer. I can't, I can't take that title. I mean, um, St. Louis legend, you know, Metro Boomin. You know. Well-known producer, uh, produced the soundtrack for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, so it's been on my mind, but uh, I didn't know know we were recording. Oh yeah, we've been recording this whole time. Uh, No. Um, Daniel is back. Daniel is, of course, our minor league baseball writer. Uh, Minor league dude, as he prefers to be called. Uh, You already know this if you're listening to the pod. Um, Daniel is back from a voyage, from a trek he went on. (laughs) Across the... uh, A pilgrimage... Across the uh, Mississippi River. Across the minor league verse. Across the minor league verse. Uh, didn't you, you went to Memphis? I did. How was Memphis? It was cool. Yeah, the weather was really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, overall it was cool. I, mean, I guess Memphis experience was nice, so um, thank you for the city for that. Um, but yeah, I uh, had a chance to go out there for a couple of days, uh, you know, and just kind of watch some some Cardinals prospects and get to talk to some guys, which uh, you'll be seeing some stories coming soon in the, the Post-Dispatch and on STL Today. And you've seen some stories. You've seen a couple of stories. We'll talk yes. about those. Yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, but I mean, overall, it was well. So, I mean, uh, we'll be able to give like a little, uh, I guess, feedback on just kind of a, you know, a little Memphis update. And we have done a couple of the past episodes of kind of uh, just going around talking about the uh, different affiliates. But yeah, you know, we'll kind of, at the start of June, so I mean, um, we're able to, to get a better sense of, of just how things are going for a lot of guys, right? And that's the best thing about like what you do in going to these affiliates is, you know, getting you get to get FaceTime with these guys. Whereas like so many people only have the opportunity to get to know these players by watching, you know, highlights and clips and, and stuff like that. But you go and see these players, you know, play. Um, so you got to see them play Norfolk. I didn't know if that's how you pronounced it. Norfolk, yes. I didn't know that. It's in Virginia. I got fam. I got family in that area. Nice. Uh, they used to be called the Tides. They are the Tides. They're still the Tides. They yeah. used, so I, I had a hat when I was growing up because I have family in Norfolk. Um, and it was like a wave, and so I would always make sure because my fa- so I would go to their games every summer um, when we go to visit them, mm-hmm. the the the, the McConvies of, of of Virginia, um, and so I would always put my. Um, MLB the show create a character in whichever organization was affiliated with the Norfolk Tides. Hmm. So I have a I, I like I like them a lot. But you saw how many games? Uh, just a couple of games. I mean, uh, there for Zach um, 
sorry, for a Michael McGreevy start, um, for a Dakota Hudson start. Um, so I was there, yeah, Friday, no, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I had to come, you know, came back Saturday, drove back. Thursday, I've Friday. I had a chance to. You were there for Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday's games. Um, had a, and then, you know, obviously had a chance to catch up with a lot of uh, the Cardinals prospects down there. Um, and, you know, just kind of uh, get a sense of how things are going um, up to this point. I mean, we're approaching kind of that for end of the first half of the minor league season for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're we mean, we've already seen some guys make some noticeable strides. Some guys kind of get out of some early funks, uh, which you know we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, but yeah, I mean uh, it was good to get down there and good to just kind of um, get a sense of you know what Memphis is like right now. And obviously, like also get a, got a chance to witness the um, ABS automated ball strike system. Wanted to ask you about the, that and the challenge system because uh, I guess just. I guess I'll just mention that now, but um, the way I was explained that it that it works is that the so typically these minor league series go six games. I mean they'll play Tuesday through Sunday against the same team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as you know a lot brutal. of us already know, which is kind of crazy. It's like it, it, it's it, it's always so weird because like the guy who opens the series is typically going to pitch again by oh, the end of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so it's usually yeah right, so yeah. weird. Um, but anyways, uh, so what I was explained is that the ABA, the automated ball strike system, where it's kind of what we casually refer to as the robot umps. Yep. Um, and that one, you know, we're have, you know, the automated strike system, uh, automated strike zone, umpire gets notified if it's a ball or a strike and then calls it. Um, so that is typically used uh, to the first three games of the series. So typically Tuesday through Thursday. Got it. Um, and it's funny because on the at least in Memphis on their scoreboard, if you know, I know if you've seen the games on TV or photos or been to games, like you know they have the big wall in left field and it's like a scoreboard. Mm-hmm. They have the zone um, on there projected. Yes, yeah. and you can see the, the the most recent pitch, which is kind of funny because like the pitch will be called, and I notice like a couple of times like whoever's pitching or even like just position players will kind of like turn around oh they'll go look at it like see where that missed or see Hmm. what part of the zone it caught which is funny um and the guy in the box will probably do that as well if he's like if he's like no no way and then i'll look down the line and it's like Hmm. i guess yeah um and it's a lot of i think it's like a lot of i guess not like oh yeah it was right it's more like Mm. okay right Um, people are still getting used to it like that yeah um just because i mean obviously the zone's different i think it's like 51 percent of like it's it's weird. Like I guess it's like a percentage of their body that's part of the zone. It sounds weird to say. Interesting. Okay. So it's like I mean, it, it, but it, I think it's just kind of like it's like the more, middle a more like yeah statistical number as opposed to like oh from like the chest like top of the knees or whatever it is. It's like the right like that that are almost like the median know. the median of you like it's from the belt out outwards rather than I'm talking like the middle of your body outwards. Yeah, like fifty-one yes. percent, like yeah, of, so of your yeah. Obviously, and obviously, mm. like we we know, like guys' zones are different. Jose Altuve's zone is way different from, you know, Aaron Judge's zone, right? Just but it's still fifty-one percent. Yeah. But now, right. but now we're like looking like at, instead of kind of a, a judgment thing, obviously, yeah, by whoever's behind the plate. Now it's you know the, this the the pitch tracking system. Interesting. Um, which I think it, when I think this system is different from my understanding, it's not the same as like TrackMan. It's it's a sim- I mean obviously it's kind of a similar one but like TrackMan shows up a little bit different than well yeah track it has a different yeah. rating on the zone as opposed to the system that's being used now right the ABS one but anyways because um, TrackMan yeah, so is an individual company yes, yes. they're not they're not the licensed no. 
they're just a very popular yeah. one, right? Um, but yeah, so they uh, it's used uh, typically Tuesday to Thursday, and then Friday through Sunday. That's when you have the challenge system, and the way that goes. Um, and maybe you know people are listening or already know, and they're like, "Okay, come on, just get to the you know." But not everyone stuff. knows. But hopefully, this is enlightening people. Yep. Um, but yeah, so in that that one, the way it's used is each team has three challenges as a whole for the entire game. From my understanding. Okay. Um, so if you go into extras and you have to use your challenges, then I mean, kind of out of challenges. So, um, and, and it's interesting just because uh, it's it's really quick. And the, the challenge that I saw, you know, guy gets a call called strike. Or, you know, I remember seeing this Jordan Walker called strike. Pitch he thought was off the plate. Right away, tapped his helmet. They showed it. And it's kind of like in tennis. Right. Where Everyone was, claps and it's like... Oh. Yes. I was hoping people would do that. They didn't. No, they did not. Um, but, yeah, and they show the zone and then the pitch coming in and where it lands or where it's you know crosses right and if um, it crosses any point part of the plate it's good well if it crosses in the zone like the meta or the yeah the the projected the strike zone, zone right yeah. and this is obviously called from the umpires right um and it's funny because uh well so because in tennis if any part of the ball lands on any part of the line it's in. Yeah, it's kind of like right. Oh, so it's kind of like what you would expect. Is so a like, strike. I'm now holding up my. But no, 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 no. But that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh. Right. Like saying. so. Like in tennis, if any part they've decided the rule is if any part of the ball touches any part of the line, mm-hmm. it's in. In baseball, we tend to have this opinion that like, listen, sure, and I'm holding up my fingers now because this is an audio medium, of course. Mm-hmm. Like the smallest amount of ball touched the or crossed the strike zone but generally like as baseball fans we've kind of all agreed that like well that's not a strike because such a significant portion of the ball is not in the strike soccer correct half of the ball has to cross cross the line line. yes Uh, in baseball in have to your best of your knowledge is there a percentage of the ball that must cross in the strike zone or because what i've seen is it appears if any part of the ball crosses in the strike zone it's a strike. You know that I'm not too sure, um, but it's something that I think. Uh, I I'll, mean, hit, I think the, I'll hit the research here. Learning about this system, um, but it uh, it it's, it seemed pretty seamless. Yeah, um, everything it seems is that it seems to work yeah, really and well. I, I think I think that's one of the, the bigger trends I feel like we're seeing with the rule changes that are going on in the minors that could or could not make their way to the majors. Obviously, this is one of them that if it does, I mean, I I, I would probably say it's maybe a couple seasons from now at least there's something to work out some of it yeah there's there's stuff to work out um i I think they're not even doing it full-time at the minors no that's right they're 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 testing it and i i i would i would mean if i had to like guess i mean it's just based on just kind of thoughts like it it seems like the challenge one is is the one that's being a little bit more embraced than the automated strikes yeah yeah. Because obviously it gives guys the opportunity to be like, well, no. like I mean, and To fight gonna, back. And yeah. you're going to see it, right? And you see it all the time where you have guys like Juan Soto. I mean, not even around the league, but guys within the Cardinals, right? With like Paul Goldschmidt. When he disagrees with the pitch, it's like, okay. Like, I mean, he doesn't really. Doesn't argue often. Argue often. But when he like when he has, it's like, okay, like it must have been really bad then. Or he must have thought it's, it, it was it was way off. Um, and and that, that I think that's something that we could probably see. 
um, a, a little bit more. And that's something that that it seemed like a little bit. I'm sorry. It's something that it seemed like it was a little bit more embraced by some of the guys I talked to. Um, but the, the the automated ball strike system that's one that has been a little bit difficult, more difficult for people to adjust to. Um, there's kind of a sense of like. Like, in, in this is actually in, in talking with Zach Thompson for a story on the Post-Dispatch and STL Today, where he feels like, same thing, like, with the guy who has typically lived up in the zone, um, guy who, I mean, especially mm-hmm. at the bullpen, brings a lot of velo and can beat guys there. Um, like, the top of the zone feels almost eliminated, just because that's how kind of the computer and the system identifies that doesn't it, does, it, it doesn't, doesn't see it doesn't really it. register it yeah right um connor thomas is another guy who typically lives um you know on his off speed and in in his breaking pitches and somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of velo and you know has to get guys right in away um if that isn't being registered on a strike zone what would normally be a strike and he's falling behind in counts he doesn't really have that 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 velocity to just pump a fastball by a guy and, and and get back into counts, and that that's something that's that's an adjustment for, for and it, it's kind of interesting because like it's an adjustment for a lot of different types of guys, right? It's not just the high velo, high fastball guy. It's also the guy who relies on off speed and relies on these other this, the secondary stuff. Um, so I mean, it, it's 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 been an interesting development. It's been something that guys are adjusting to. Um, I think the one of the things is that we'll that could maybe um, be kind of another storyline to follow is how it affects catchers and catching prospects, right? Because even if you look at the major league level, I mean, this is something I know we've talked about and heard a lot about, right, with the Cardinals and, and, you know, catching. Obviously, you know, he had Yadier Molina for 19 seasons and um, somebody who, you know, could steal a strike when he needed to. I mean, just because of framing – like now, if there's no strike to be you know, stolen, right? There's no strike mm-hmm. to be stolen. Then there's no the I value. Know, I don't want to say like no value to framing, but it's certainly diminished. Right. It's it's something that for a lot of guys across the league have jobs as major league catchers because they're such excellent they're, framers. Yeah. And now it's like okay, well, if that aspect of a game is kind of eliminated, what are we doing What does here? that do to you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the art of catching? Yeah. Um, this is a quote from a baseball america story on the automated strike zone being slightly different in triple a in 2013 uh this is from before the season mm-hmm. so this isn't this isn't an entirely up to date but it's essentially that they they are constantly tinkering with the geometry of the strike zone mm-hmm. um this is a umpire speaking who's being quoted uh the question we're trying to answer which is a very tricky question is the geometry of the strike zone and coming up with a strike zone that is loaded into the system that will produce a ball strike call that makes the most sense to both teams and pr- promote the kind of on-field outcomes that we are seeking to promote. That is, we're f- we are finding a very tricky problem. We're hoping to make some cr- progress on that question this year. Later in the story, it talks about how it's like the geometry of the strike zone is hard to understand because right now, if you were to, in the ABS system, drop a pitch from directly above mm-hmm. the strike zone and hit the plate it would register as a strike because it crossed the strike zone, yeah. right? So, like, there are, ha- they are, there are parts of it that are not, like, a perfect science. But if you're – unless you're looking to kind of mess around with the system, it's still working really well. Mm-hmm. So they're still trying to, like 
this I, I only read this out just to say when you say that they're still kind of like years away from this yeah and that they're still kind of working on it they are literally still yeah. like year over year tinkering with how this system works because it's not perfect yet yeah so it makes sense to have got and like the worst part is is that there are guys like i don't know why they're using i know why they're using it in triple a i should say it's because the stadiums are most equipped to yeah on a consistent yeah, basis I mean, when yes. and I, I, we've mentioned this before in the pod about mm-hmm. teams that have stack has state available this is what has brought stack has state available for right it's it's a triple um, a games because the cameras have been installed yes um so i mean yeah they, but what I was what I was I was going to finish on saying there oh, is that is that it's almost unfortunate that the guys who are being guinea pigged on this are the ones who are closest to the major leagues. Not only that, but the guys who have been kind of up and down at the major right. level, right? Where I mean, um, like Matt Libertor exactly has They're, gone from no automated strike zone to an automated strike zone this year system, to a challenge system to major leagues traditionally i and I, I don't know if traditionally is the right word but closer closer right right but, or you have same thing like juan yepes who right got had you know played same thing with the challenge system abs and now is getting his at bats with the regular traditional i guess umpire <laughs> calling balls and strikes yeah um but yeah, it's funny because like it's funny because like in the the way you're describing that or reading off from the Baseball America report, like it kind of makes me think of like a GPS system, where it's like you punch in an address and the GPS says this is the best way to go. Right. But it's like, well, I mean, there's kind of a like I, I know like, the shortcut. Yeah, like there's a couple yeah. side streets you can take, and actually, like it's a little bit quicker. Or less I can avoid or the major traffic. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like one of those things. Like obviously, computers are way quicker, way more accurate, way more calculated than us. But they lack a human but, touch. Yes, yeah, there, there's a certain thing right there. Yeah, like, or I guess it's even like when you. Uh, but like, if the, you use like a Google Translate, or it's like you can. Yes, it's type a really in, good example. You know, whatever thing in French or Spanish or any other language. Uh, yes, it's like it's not going to pick up on the slang, or it's not going to pick up on the nuances. Like the yeah. system is still much in works because it won't. Also, no one speaks that Google Translate. No right. one speaks that formally. Right. Right. There are nuances yeah. to the the strike zone that this system has not been able to been perf- yeah. perfected for. Yeah. But to continue the analogy for like yeah. Apple maps, we're just going to go on analogy. <laughs> yeah. And app, app, Apple maps, Google maps ways are all constantly evaluating based on their users. What is and isn't working. Right. Like they're constantly right. updating. Like, no, actually this isn't the fastest way because we know We've learned through our users that this isn't the fastest way. Mm-hmm. So, like that—that's essentially the recalibration that they're going to con- continue to do. It's just remember when um, uh, the—I I don't know if you remember this, but when the iPhone first came out, yeah, and Apple Maps was like, it was like a joke because they were like driving people into like bodies of water. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And like, oh, it was terrible. Like, it was like driving you oh, through like, dead ends, and like, it was like literally unusable. Yeah. It was a huge meme yeah. <laughs> at, when it when it first got released. And everyone was like, no, you got to get Google Maps. You can't use the one on your phone. And then, like, less than a year later, Apple, like, re-kept working on it and it was better. But, like, they're working on it. That's what they're doing right now it's, in AAA. So it's funny, yeah. like, literally when you said the whole thing about driving into, like... It's, it's the, the office. office, yes, right? Yeah. Where it's, like, the machine... T- the machine's Listen to us. the machine. So it's, like, um, but, like, I don't know if, like, umpire's like, the machine's telling me it's a strike. <laughs> it's, like, some poor... I'm trying to, like, I'll try and find some minor league umpires, but it's, like, some poor... Like, Ben Johnson's out to yell, and he's, like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, the machine. <laughs> like, the machine said it was a ball. I know yeah. he swung at it, but that's what the machine said. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. 
Okay, so the automatic ball strike system is a hit, I think. Seems to be, they're working on it, but we're, uh, it's trending in the right direction, I feel like. But Daniel, you didn't just go down to just watch games. You went down to talk to some players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask you who you talked to specifically, though I know you wrote a very It'll interesting take story. Long. Take too long. Man, you just well, spent... I don't know. I don't, t- probably not. Well, I don't really care about no, the, bar- just, the, the bartender at Sulky O'Sullivan's that you, uh... Spent your spent your Thursday night with no. Uh, I, dr- I at the on? bar at the bar. I should say. Um, I'm just gonna add that whole thing out. Um, did you not end up on Beale Street? No, I didn't. That's a. Have you never been to Beale Street? I walked around there one time um, when I went. I think last year, like in June. But yeah. It was, like during the day, it was kind of hot. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't really know what to do with my time. Like right outside the the FedEx Forum. Did you get there? I did go there. Yeah. 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 Um. Salkies is right across the street from the forum, and it's an excellent spot, in my opinion. Okay. Um, but you wrote a very interesting story on the Cardinals' top prospect, Jordan oh, Walker. Yeah. Which, again, Daniel's an excellent writer, so all of his stories are interesting. Uh, but you also got your minor league report, stuff like that. Um, is there anything... There's been a lot made of your story in the press, I think. In the, in the Twitterverse is a better way of putting it about Jordan Walker, which which again the Twitterverse isn't real; it's not a real thing. So I don't know if I like need to get too deep into it. But it is like there is some like noteworthy things in there that I want to give you the chance. This is your podcast, so you can have the opportunity Our, to ours. Yeah, excuse me. Yes, ours. But like you are an owner of this, so you should have the right to clarify anything from your story that you feel maybe got misunderstood or wasn't clear or um was taken even out of the context of your own words uh, Mm -hmm. about jordan walker which i think the biggest thing taken away was that uh if 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 i can pretend to be twitter here for a moment that oh jordan walker's sticking it to the cardinals front office and he's no longer working on his launch angle yeah jordan do it which is not i don't think what you wrote do do you want to comment on that yeah i mean there, I didn't get the sense, or I didn't get. I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't seem like there's a disregarding the the Cardinals organization or the work that um, he was assigned. The Jordan Walker was assigned to go do down there. Um, and this is not, you know, obviously like we're journalists, right? We're objective, we're fair, we're impartial. We report, you know. Yeah, report. We, yeah, the not, information. Yeah, yeah, we're um. You're not here to comment I mean, on that. Yeah. yeah, well, we're not here to, you know, pick a side or pick whoever, carry water for anyone, right? Yeah. Um, but from what Jordan said, because, I mean, he met with, I mean, it was more of like a media scrum, right? There were local TV stations there. So, I mean, yeah, it was a, um, in a, in a good, uh, uh, I guess, conversation with, you know, the, the media that was there and, and just the stuff that uh, Jordan has kind of been working on. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, he's worked on some mechanical stuff with, uh, hitting coach Howie Clark and some of it had to do with like over rotating on his swing um, one of the other things was just kind of on his load up as well I mean Mike he, Jordan had kind of said that you know they bounce him and Howie kind of bounce things off of each other and um, you know one of the things was kind of like where his eyes are at and you know kind of it se- it came sounded like you know something with kind of like, just like plate vision right where it's like just sure. how he's seeing the ball um, Jordan mentioned you know he's getting the ball out and he's hitting the ball out in front more which he said you know for him has led to more more loft and, and getting the ball in the air more, which is obviously what he's gone down to do. Um, 
but I think there was a lot made out of uh, just kind of what he said. He's like, he's just going, that like he said, you know, he's going back to what he was doing before. Um, but I, I, in kind of that conversation, we know what he talked about. Um, a lot of it was about feeling forced to mm. lift the ball, feeling forced to try to drive the ball up in the air. And that was something that, you know, had kind of led to the lack of, I guess, result in the box score, right? Sure. Um, because in that, so the, I mean, the box score, I mean, that's something that, you know, Ali Marmol had talked about, um, I want to say a couple of weeks ago at this point of, of the numbers weren't as important as the metrics because the numbers will come eventually. Um, that was something he said was kind of a... Oh, project, interesting. Well, projected yeah, yeah, yeah. to Jordan of like, don't worry too much about the numbers. Going over, don't right, worry about hitting right. hitting three hundred. But if, but you right. know, if the launch angle, the exit velo is all there. If the rest, if the recipe is there, mm. the cake doesn't need to be made already. Like it's okay. Right. It's okay if you know if it's a little burnt or if it's you know dry. Whatever. You know, I don't know if that's a that's kind of a no, no, no. I there's but like the recipe for those results eventually we need to there, go we need to go to the grocery store and get the ingredients right right before so we don't, make this like, cake don't, like don't, yeah. don't worry about what what the finished product's going to look like just worry about best analogies in the minors let me tell you that's what we should yeah right <laughs> this, this is a show for analogies usually it's random references from me but today's just like an analogy day booming <laughs> Is that random? It's current. <laughs> yeah. Local. Anyway, sorry. Anyways. Not to. You, you have to go but, buy the ingredients before you make right, the cake, and right. they felt so like the that, ingredients that was, hadn't been bought and, yet. And, I, I, and that's something that um, that Ben Johnson had kind of uh, talked about as well. With Jordan, felt like uh, there was like you know pressure to immediately produce, or there was sure um, kind of like like you know, and that that's something that um, that Jordan you know mentioned that you know kind of felt forced to things that he forced to do things that he doesn't normally do, and that just of something to lift the ball and to get uh uh just to being like forced like okay like i got to drive the ball up in the air because that's that's um kind of the objective um but i mean there didn't seem i mean it, it there was no it, it it there it didn't seem like there was a, a disregard to i guess like the instructions he had been given right or um what you know what what he was sent down there to work on because um, he had, you know, mentioned that there's stuff that they've kind of worked on. There's no, you know, there's no, you know, Paul DeYoung eliminating a stride. Right. You know, the the massive, you know, overhaul on a swing. You know, there were little things that that, that Jordan said he was working on. Um, and the results were now showing, right? And it was something that he, um, you know, that took a while, right? And especially for a guy who is a top prospect. I mean, you kind of have to, like, it, I guess it's hard to put ourselves in the shoes of you know somebody who's now 21 years old and was playing major league baseball at 20 years old right but i mean top prospect you know a lot of hoopla on opening day and rightfully so i mean he had earned that spot um to be the starting right fielder had success you know and and really i mean and it's not an understatement like had his his, an historic start to literally his his career right i mean the start that only one other player under the age of 21 had had um, or 21 yeah so um so i mean you get sent down so i mean yeah like it's i, I think it was a, a a lot to process right for a guy that young um for a guy who is really in the very very early stages of his career and has you know succeeded at at basically every level he's played at in professional baseball um and yeah so i mean it, it when it comes to like i guess like sticking to the organization or whatever like i didn't it didn't come off that way i guess in sure 
the entirety of, of uh, his availability and what he'd said. I think it just came off as, as him saying, like, okay, like, I, I can hit the ball on the ground. That's fine. Like, I just need to hit the ball. And he said it. I mean, it, I think it's quoted in the story where mm-hmm. he um, said, like, it. you just got to, I mean, I, I probably should have pulled up the full quote, but, um, you know, they're, like, if the ball's on the ground, it's on the ground, and, you know, it, it's going to lead to results, and eventually it's going to lead to him getting the ball up in the air more and results with that. And that, and we've seen that, right? I mean, when you take a look at the last two weeks, I mean, his OPS is above, I think, like 900 in that span. Um, he's homered three times in the last 15 games, which, you know, is not a whole – I mean, I guess – I mean, it, it, it's it, – it's, it's, they're starting to see that production, right? I think he has also like five doubles in that span. Um, so you're seeing it. You're seeing him drive the ball off the wall. I mean, he did that. He's done that already a couple times um, of late. Um, and it's and you're still seeing kind of that that hard hit ground ball get through the hole or that hard hit ground ball mm-hmm. get past the, the, uh, an infielder. Um, so you're starting to see like both. I think you're starting to see both of those results. Um, and um, obviously, like guys are always tinkering with their swings and always working on different things. And the, you know, obviously that continued for him um, and has kind of continued. But I think it's more of like a uh, just a, a little bit more of a reset of like, okay, like just play the game for right. Jordan. Just play the game and hit the ball. And, uh, you know, everything that you're sent down there to work on, all the stuff you've been working on, it's all going to come together. And it's coming together as we've seen. That's interesting because it's like, I I wonder how much of that is like, well, it's coming together because the box score is telling, him to, telling us it is or because it's like the, the data is telling us it mm-hmm. is. And it's like, well, if the Cardinals feel like the... Well, sure, the box score looks great, but is the data looking great? It's like, well, then why did you send him down in the first place? Like, mm-hmm. the box scores was never the problem, right? Like, he was always looking. But it takes a certain amount of courage, so to speak, to, like, take send a guy down who's performing. Yeah. Because I mean, you're working like, on his long-term thing. Right. That takes courage. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that, I mean, he was performing, right? He was batting mm-hmm. around 280. He had, yep. The last game he had played in, if I'm not mistaken, drove in the Cardinals only two runs. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, there was a lot of uh, of just, like, adjustment uh, when it comes to just kind of, uh, like, understanding, okay, like, going from the majors to the minors after, um, you know, what was really a, this, I can't find the right word, but really kind of this, like, I guess emotional start, right? Because sure. yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. the big league team out of spring training. Uh, gets a, off to this historic camp, gets off to a great start and now yeah. it's in the minors before the end of April right um, and now you know after kind of I think of uh, I guess absorbing you know all of that's around him of going through some of the, the things they're working on and now we're seeing Jordan Walker kind of come back to the Jordan Walker that we've seen the last couple of years interesting interesting I have I wasn't there so I don't know I can't add much to this I find it interesting do you feel like his call up now should be or could be imminent i mean when you look at the current outfield this is yeah and i saw i i wish i could credit this person on twitter but there was a funny meme that said infielders in the outfield yeah yeah in the outfield which yeah. i mean and and this isn't you know not a a, a dig or a, a sly or right no part? because like they're doing no, it because I mean, of injury tommy edmund and brendan donovan are, are gold glovers um both were utility finalists play quality uh defense in the outfield but i mean but when you look at kind of the moving parts you look at the injuries that have uh, sidelined dylan carlson and tyler o'neill and, and now 
Lars Newbar, right? Where, mm-hmm. where I mean, obviously, uh, as of this recording, we you know it's Cardinals off day. We're likely to learn or likely to hear more um, on Friday. Derek Gould will be in uh, Pittsburgh for the St. Louis Post Dispatch and STL today to you know cover the weekend series out there. Um, but but I mean, when you look at kind of the question marks of okay, the outfield pieces, um, the guys who are either already on the injured list or day to day at this point. Um, and you also kind of look at some of the production, right? When you sure. when you see the when you see kind of the options, or I guess not, I guess lack of options, right? Just especially because of injury, um, and you see what Jordan Walker is now doing in the last two weeks. It, I, I mean, it, it almost feels like okay, like I mean, maybe it's time to this is to, it. To bring yeah. the kid back up. And my, I mean, and the only thing is, it's like, and I think this is just me kind of like just thinking. It's like it. it like it feels like if you bring him up, it's like okay, like you can't send him back down again. Hmm. Not when I mean, you can, yeah. But like you just wouldn't want to because of sure, unless there's an injury the, or a, yeah, because yeah. I mean it, it and, yeah. and it's not like okay, predicting like he's no, 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 not no, no, ready no. or he's going to struggle. But it's like one of those things where it's like if Jordan Walker comes back up, like you would, I guess you need to eventually that, like, buy okay, in on like this. He had, like he has to be our everyday starting right fielder. Because this is what's yeah. going to be best for not just Jordan, but best for the He team. needs to be here to do right. this, to learn to do this. Right. Yeah. And that's just based on just kind of, I guess, con- my conventional thinking Yeah. of how. I'd also ask, like, if not now, when? Like, when will there like, be a better point? time? Right. Like, I mean, look at his OPS. Look at how there's how many innings there are in the outfield to go around. Like, mm-hmm. if not now, when? Right. And I, I think, I, I, like, I don't know. Maybe, like, do you think kind of the way this last month has gone for the Cardinals changes that equation i mean obviously it was a, a also like a for wrong reason a historic start in april i guess and how um right like just, if just how you know just now that they're ba- lack of success but i mean obviously may was a better month for them now that they're back in the playoff race how much does uh-huh. it change to bring up a guy who might struggle a little bit but the thing is like he never, he never his struggle never hurt the team. But it was never, and it was not like a glaring like. No, this guy's not ready. No, struggle. never. It was like, never. Okay, he just wasn't hitting. He always pieced together. He always pieced together a handful of hits yeah. and well, like I mean, twenty hits in twenty games. I mean, if you, literally, if you go off of that pace, yeah. the guy's like, gonna have a hit in every a hit in a, game he played. One hundred sixty-two hits in a season, which yeah. is a really good mark right. for a rookie. Um, it, yeah, if not now, when that's it. He's better than what you have, mm-hmm. even if it's not what you're hoping for. But it, like, he if, if you know, he's got a hit. He's got to play every day, mm-hmm. and he's got to learn how to put the ball in the air against. Um, who they? I wanted to have a good example for a Pirates oh, pitcher. Oh, Pirates pitcher! Because they're because they're this weekend. That's all. The only thing oh. I was thinking of was like you have to be able to hit or put a ball in the air against Johan Oviedo. Um, or Mitch Keller, or yeah. you know, one of those guys, um, like learning how to hit in the air, and then facing Shane Bieber, who is a ground ball specialist. Well, you won't face him anymore. Uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like they're facing. Uh, oh, I guess this is the end of September. But like Corbin Burns, right? right. Like they're, they're just, just like like a you know one of those like stud elite top of the rotation pitchers. You have to learn how to, and so like I just don't see how it makes sense anymore. Uh, but it's a decision for someone else to make. Um, did you did you know anyone else stand out to you in AAA at um, Memphis while you were there? Anybody yeah, else you want to highlight? I, I think there are a couple guys who have had um, 
I feel like I get I get really like obsessed with like monthly splits. I don't know why, but I I think it does kind it of it does something to does segment highlight something what's what's different about a, a guy, right? Um, and I guess one of the guys that kind of comes to mind is is Mason Wynn. Um, obviously, second the other top. I mean the second rated. Second, uh, second rated prospect. Second rated prospect behind Jordan Walker, right? Yeah. Once Jordan Walker graduates from the prospect designation, obviously that'll kind of. Um, He'll be the top prospect. Lead to, you know, Mason Wynn being the organization's top prospect. But, I mean, when you look at him, I mean, he only hit, I want to say, like 220 in April um, around that mark. He, um, you know, was striking out a lot, wasn't walking a whole lot either. Um, obviously, was still playing solid defense. I mean, because that's one of, I mean, Mason Wynn is multi tooled. Um, and has kind of a lot to offer as a shortstop prospect. Um, but when you look at this last month um, and you look at uh, just kind of the consistency he found at the plate, uh, I mean, he hit around 280, struck out a little bit less, walked a little bit more. Um, I think he hit three homers this last month, which, I mean, for Mason Wynn is, is um, for a guy who doesn't – I think he can – Kind of, you know, connect on a homer every now. I mean, when he well, if you told me so, he, he could have twenty home runs a season, I'd say yeah, totally. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we saw. I mean, he hit ten last year yeah. in in Springfield, um, but part of it was also, you know, he just kind of felt like he was he was kind of looking for that and not looking for as much as hitting for average. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he had uh, in in the twenty three games he played in in May, there was only four games where he didn't hit safely in. Um, pretty good. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where. When you when you look at the start of the year, I mean, just pulling it up, I mean, two twenty three average um, in April, one hundred and twelve at bats. Um, even that's right. not. I mean, it, it, even for a first month at AAA, that's not even egregious. Um, but I mean, one of the things that you know, in, in just talking with him, it really just felt like the game kind of sped up on him, which is kind of funny to hear from. Well, not funny in like a like a sadistic way of like, oh man, I mean, saying like for a guy who's that fast. You know, right, yeah, throws yeah. fast, runs fast, plays the game, can play the game quickly. Um, sure. Hearing the game speed up on him. Um, it's very funny. Like a little, I guess, ironic and just kind of a, I guess, in an, in an analogous way. In an analogous wow, way? Oh, dude, we're on it today. <laughs> on it. Um, but the game sped up on him, yeah, and so he's now he, adapted. Yeah, and now he's kind of finding himself. Um, and fi- Like, getting adjusted... Both sides, I mean, I, I think defense was one of the kind of the, the, the smaller question marks. I don't really think there's a whole lot there. I think um, he kind of showed in spring training and working with Jose Okendo that, you know, he, he can be a really sure. solid defender with a plus arm, 80-grade arm. Um, but, yeah, at the bat, I mean, at the plate, this is the, what we I think what we saw in this last month with Mason is the guy he's really aiming to be, right? I, I know he uh, – at the end of spring, I mean, uh, Lynn Worthy, obviously, here at the Post-Dispatch, wrote about him. And uh, Mason Wynn, you know, mentioned that, you know, he wants to be a guy who can hit 300. And and one of the things, actually, just talking with Mason, you know, he uh, mentioned, you know, like, like when he got into pro ball, he thought, like, he had to chase numbers. But now it's like he learned, like, okay, right. it's, it's about development. Yeah. And especially with this year, like, him understanding that um, because of, you know, obviously the, the options that the Cardinals have at shortstop and also second base, which mm-hmm. Mason has played a little bit of um, when he's had to move over there. Yep. Um, but when you look at the middle infield options like that, I mean, at least to I mean to me, it's like the, those are some of the more secure spots that the Cardinals have. I mean, because you got 
Tommy Edmond and, and Brendan Donovan, Paul DeYoung's played really well. Um, Nolan Gorman has... Big question. Has he? Were we right on this podcast? I guess, no. Nah, who knows? Has he? But, um, no, you're... Um, but yes, yeah. but, but when, when, you, when, he, or when you kind of look at all of that and kind of track his timeline, right? I mean, obviously anything can happen for, sure. for a guy to get a call-up. Um, you don't know what the future holds, but when you kind of project, okay, when is going to be his time to really make an impact with a big league club... And a lot of it kind of lines up to next year. Yep. Like he's embracing the, you know, that this is the, the development. This is another development. Year. I can this take a year, year to train. This yeah. is the year where he's going to get adjusted to, to, to and work on the things that he need, he knows he needs to work on. Um, obviously, finding consistency at the plate is one of them. Um, and being able, and that, that's one of the things, like he is aiming to, like you said, he's aiming to be that guy who gets on base for everybody else. Because he knows that as long as he gets on base, Jordan's going to drive him behind in. him. And yep. it's kind of funny because I remember t- uh, in spring he had mentioned like getting on base for the Jordan Walkers and Luke and Bakers of the world. So maybe he saw, you know. He knew. He knew. He knew that Luke and Baker was going to have, a, you know, an breakout unreal start. breakout season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, he, you know, he knows with his speed he can take a base or he can score on a ball in the gap, you know, first to home or whatever. It, you, know, you know, those things that he guys, can extend the game. The guys yeah. with his speed can do. Um, and. We, we saw a little bit more of that, right, in this last month. We're, I think we saw just better at-bats. A um, couple of uh, – actually had that wrong. He had four homers this last month, which, I mean, a lot of pull homers, which he said, you know, typically when he hits a homer, it's a, it's a pull homer. Um, I don't know why people care if the ball goes over the wall. Yeah, the ball goes over the wall, right? Like, it, it, um, if it goes over the wall, it goes over the wall. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, and less strikeouts, 11 – I mean – 16 strikeouts this last month um, and 103 at-bats. Struck out 27 times in April. pretty good. Um, cutting that down. Um, one of the things that he you know, he had mentioned, which was pretty interesting, or I found interesting. In the last 30 days, um, he has 15. Are you going to say this right now? No, go for it. 15, wa- 15 strikeouts, 11 walks. See, that's... In those last 30 days. That's a really yeah, balanced diet. That's a really good diet. ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's actually one of them who I think he said when... Um, when the ABS system was implemented, because there was a delayed it, because not not mm-hmm. all AAA ballparks were equipped with the with with that system mm-hmm. um, for them to implement it. So once everything was set to go, they all you know went went in with it. Um, but he I mean, he had said like he understands the strike zone. And he's like the ABS system kind of gives you a better sense of okay like where's where's this going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he feels like he's kind of adapted to that um, as a hitter. Um, but what I was going to say was. Um, I think we're just—he's just adapting to better, or not better, but more refined or more fined pitching, more yeah, I yeah. Guess seasoned pitching. Triple A is more refined, right? Than because AA you have is. guys yep. who you have guys who have been in the big leagues or guys who are trying to work back, work their way back there. Um, you know, with more elite stuff than you would see in Triple A, right? Where you have guys who are quality arms, but you know, we're still working on. This pitch, we're still trying to figure things, trying to figure this out, you know. But you ha- now you have guys who are like, okay, they've pitched in the big leagues, or they've been in sure. AAA for a couple years now, or what you know, whatever the reason may be, and they're trying to get to that next level. Like now, now he's seen quality pitching on a more consistent basis, and he's finding that groove. And and I mean, when when you see, I think when you see that from a guy who is eventually going to be the top prospect in the system once um well i guess it's all dependent on a jordan walker call up and, and when that happens that, right? yeah um but when you see a guy who is a top 100 prospect in baseball um 
I guess, find or have that bounce back after his first month. Um, and a month, you know, that, you know, could have been a little frustrating. I, I think that's that's a very promising thing for, for, for him. I mean, especially with him just being 21 years old. Um, to find that to, re, to to find that again to find the success that he's had at the lower levels, um, is obviously I, I think uh, pretty noticeable for for him. Very exciting, Mason. Win. We don't know how long Mason Win is going to be the number one prospect in the organization. You'd think it'd be eventually, but like if it's possible, if he gets called up along with Jordan Walker or next season because Jordan Wouldn't does, it would be something. Um, I'm looking at the last 30 days, mm-hmm. and I'm try- going to try and guess some other names that you might want to talk about. Because you said you were obsessed with monthly splits. Sorry, uh, I need. To, I feel like I should get away from that. No, I mean but, no, but like monthly splits are a good way of like. Well, I don't know if it sounds like way too obsessive. You know? No, 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 no. I know what you mean though. But like monthly splits are a good way of like seeing trends, right? Especially now where it's like, okay, let's eliminate no. the first month where guys are still kind of, like, breaking out of camp and getting into sometimes right, new levels right. and, like... Or, you know, if a guy hits 13 home runs in a whole month... You can eliminate, like... It it skews the, the full season stats, right? right? Like, But I look at the last 30 days and I see a guy like um, Ivan Herrera, mm-hmm. who didn't play as many games as, as his uh, counterparts, but um, catchers typically don't. Mm-hmm. They take, they take mm-hmm. more days off. Um, but with an OPS of, um, you know, 1168... Over the yeah, last 30 days. A lot of hard contact yeah. as well. And he's 17 walks and 14 strikeouts. And he only had two home runs, but he's hitting the ball hard. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then I see a guy like another outfield candidate. Corner outfield candidate. Yep. Especially. Moises, Go- candidate. Moises Gomez, who had 992 OPS with 12 home runs. And didn't and had only homered once in April. April. Right. But if you were look at a whole season, you go 13 home runs. Oh, seven and oh, six. Have, yeah. Eight and five. Years, yeah. Like, oh, no. Like, no, he found it in May. Right. Like, 30 hits leads the team in that month. Uh, the big thing, uh, can't ignore it, is 33 strikeouts and five walks. So, in yes. 106 at bats, he had 33 strikeouts, which is about a third of the time. Yeah. Um, but again, that there is a certain trade off you're comfortable with. When a player puts forward a 992 OPS, slugging six, six, six seventy nine, with an, you know like his OBP, you know like compared to Luke and Baker, whose OBP is four oh eight, his is only three thirteen, yada yada yada. Um, but he hit two eighty three, so it's like thirty percent of the time he's striking out, thirty percent of the time he's he's, get, he's getting a base hit, and then ten percent of the time it's a home run. Yeah, like that's that's a it's an interesting wrinkle right to the cardinals choices in the outfield right now yeah and it's funny because like even like hearing the percentages like okay there's always that like or we hear about that like with like i I think of like adam dunn right right yeah yeah. true outcome but i mean obviously if you're not walking it's it's unlimited yeah i guess it's like a two true outcomes outcomes. but it's not even that because like he is striking out he's getting base hits as well yeah last month Right, like he's getting base hits as well. You're perfectly comfortable. It's just that, like his the outs he is making most often. I wonder. I got, I wonder if I can find it. Does baseball? Right, where it's where it's like if MLB uh, Baseball Reference does minor league stats, right? Yeah, I want to know what his uh, like BABIP BABIP would be kind of. I mean, because obviously yeah. it doesn't count home runs. Right, it's just of, balls in play. Home, yeah, because yeah, like like no, now I gotta go find it. Okay, I, I think I can find it here. You got it quicker than I can. Uh, yeah, I think MLB uh, or MILB.com pages. 
Does it? If you do extended advanced career stats. Oh no. Uh, Do you want to take a guess? His BAPIB this year. Yeah. So if his batting average is two eighty, and doesn't include home runs. Or well, on the year. It doesn't say on the year two sixty average. Is okay. So he probably has a BAPIB of like. Oh, it's probably got like now. I'm trying to do math where it's like like three eighty. Because it's like he's not getting because because most of his outs are strikeouts, uh-huh. most of his balls uh, like a good chunk of his hits are home runs. It's mm-hmm. like so if if you're going to limit like of the balls he's putting into play, he's only getting out. You know, it's only seventy percent of the balls, right? Sixty percent of the balls. So it's like okay, so what is it? Tell me. He has a three hundred bat. Yeah, so like if he gets the ball in play, he's a major league hit. Like he's a Hall he of Fame contact. hitter. Yeah, when he just hits the ball. Right. Um. Okay, so th- that's another name. Um, how close? Am I, how how? Um, there's another name here that I, I think we might want to save to talk about for another time because it's all of a sudden. I think he's kind of played his way into a larger conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna look at the pitching side. I haven't really looked at the pitching side of late. Um, last thirty days. Well, I mean, who 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 do you have to suggest as being the? You know who? Who else would? Who else is on your radar now after this oh, visit? Of guys in Memphis who are who? Or, or, well, I guess on the pitching side, when it comes to rotation, of the guys who are, um, I guess, just performing mm-hmm. most consistently for them, it has to be Michael McGreevy. Yep. Um, when you look at his eight starts, his first eight starts at the uh, AAA level. I mean, ERA under three. Uh, he's. He's. I think he's still giving up a, a good amount of hits. Um, but I mean, I think that comes as a part of uh, being a guy who the learning curve, a whole lot of, or doesn't have a whole lot of swing and miss. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. but you know, as a ground ball pitcher, um, think that that start that I was there for on Friday might have been Friday, Friday mm-hmm. night, McGreevy. Yeah, it was Friday night. Um, he had ten ground outs, no fly outs. Ball balls on the ground. Yeah. Balls um, in play. I, and and it was one of those nights where it is, I think it's kind of a Michael McGreevy night where the, had the 10 ground outs and I want to say like four, maybe five strikeouts. I can't remember. I probably need to pull it up. In, anyway, in, that, in that start? Basically, the outs he recorded were either a ground out that led to a double play or just a regular, you know, one out, ground out, I guess, um, or a strikeout, which I thought was... Never put the never let the ball like, in the air. Interesting. Ball, balls in the air, or no flyouts, or no pop ups. Right. Just get the ball on the ground and, and kind of pitched his game, I guess. Um, hmm. Somebody who and and, and uh, one of the things uh, with him, it's like I, I know we've I'm pretty sure we've talked about him uh, on this podcast in this regards about like his velocity, right? Where um, he's a guy who I think in his last start, well, um, on what's today. Wednesday, Thursday. Today's Thursday. Today's, today Thursday. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, and to start last night on, on Wednesday night. Um, you know, got, I think he got up to you know close to like ninety-four miles an hour with the sinker, but you know was kind of in that ninety-one, like 92, 91 mile an hour like average with it. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what we've seen with him, right? Where he's not a high velocity guy, um, but he's going to pound the strike zone and he's going to induce a bunch of ground outs. Um, but I think what we'll, we'll kind of keep tabs on is what that velocity looks like. You know, once, you know, we get to 
end of July, August, right, where he's had those innings um, where he's going deeper into starts and just kind of seeing how he's holding up. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, he's he's been aware of. And um, he had kind of talked about, like, he had kind of felt like some some of, like, that soreness and some of that, like, fatigue early, early on and kind of attacked it and targeted it, like, to, sure. as a, like, like, did things and obviously, like, like, focused on that, you know, to kind of eliminate that because that was something last year, right, where um, he comes in and throws close to 140 innings. I want to say maybe 144. Might be wrong on that. Um, around there, anyways. But, but yeah, but that, that was, you know, the fatigue kind of got to him and he was put on a pitch count, um, innings limit, things like that, things of that nature. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but when, when we talk about, like, okay, who were the guys in that rotation that are kind of leading the, leading it, um I mean, when it comes to results, it's Michael McGreevy. Um, I think another guy who, I mean, I had the chance to write about, um, but Zach Thompson is another kind of interesting, um, is going through kind of an interesting project, I guess, down mm-hmm. there, right? I mean, he had success in the majors as a reliever, um, you know, was a part of the Cardinals' bullpen in the playoffs, got off to a really good start this year as well, didn't give up a run in spring training, didn't give up a run um, when games be- started to matter in April. And then, you know, on that Cardinals road trip to the West Coast where they went 2-8, and eight, he gives up six runs and three appearances. Um, and when the Cardinals return home, he learns that he's going to be heading down to the minors. Sending them down. To be developed as a starter in hopes of competing for a spot in 2024, which... Um, We've talked about before. Yeah, and in, in, in talking with him, you know, it's something that he, uh, um, he had said it was just kind of caught off guard a little bit about. I mean... Um, just uh, and, and a big, I think a big part of it was learning that his, I guess, time in the majors for this season was, you know, kind of at an end. At an end there. I mean, obviously, there's a door still open for him to come back. That's what you know, Ollie Marmol kind of made clear um, after he talked about that move. Um, but yeah, but when you look at Thompson in his first few starts, I mean, he, um, you know, kind of has struggled to to limit walks. Um, he's kind of found some of that same strikeout success. Obviously, that velo is going to be a little bit down because you have to manage it over you know, X amount of innings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I mean, I know, I know we mentioned him a little bit before with the ABS system, but that's something he's adjusting to. Um, you know, can't really get that high strike on a fastball like he did before. Um, one of the things, like, reintegrating two pitches that were eliminated, basically, for him. I mean, he was a fastball curveball guy that was, you know, when the Cardinals... Yeah, and starters uh, can't be in, two pitches, yeah, guys. Yeah, right, in spring yeah. training, um, that was what they had identified as, like, okay, what makes Zach Thompson so effective? And it was the fastball and the curveball. We're going to build off of those two things. Yeah, and now you go back down, or you spend the offseason training as a reliever, um, you come into the year as a reliever, and then at the end of April you're told, okay, well, Psych. time to be a starter, um, time to kind of dust off those two pitches you haven't used all year, um, and go down there and do it. And, you know, and he said he's getting a feel for some of those things, a uh, slider, which I thought was interesting when he mentioned that it's moving a little bit different than it has in the past. Uh, which, which I thought was kind of interesting, but I mean, when you don't throw a pitch for, it's going to come out of your hand near, differently. Nearly a year, right? You're going to feel it a, differently. It's going to take a. It's going to take a while to get that feel. Um, so I mean, yeah, we're we're seeing him get built up a little bit more. I think one of the things like he's he's throwing more pitches, but he hasn't thrown a whole lot of length. I mean, he's maxed out at four innings, which I I think is normal. I mean, in the first uh, I guess go around, right? First month of of being they're going to build you up again. You're yeah. going to have to get built up. Um, does he even have that many uh, 
I gotta find it here. I gotta find it here. But I, I had looked, and I think the stats are all kind of messed up for him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. He's made five starts. He's pitched a total of thirteen and two thirds innings. Mm-hmm. So four inning is makes sense. There, it's like probably the high point. Yeah. Of of those five starts in and terms I think of that came in his most recent one. Yeah, make, that would make sense. Oh. Seventeen hits, seventeen uh, runs, sixteen earned mm-hmm. runs. Three home runs, two hit by pitch, 18 walks, 17 strikeouts. He's just not right. He's still working on it. And, and it, it's, Like, everything about that to me says, yeah. like, that he's uncomfortable. Because, like, those are not reflective of a pitcher that you and I watched Coming pitch. Here yes. Like, we just, that, that's not reflective of what we saw. Like, 18 walks, 17 strikeouts, a 2 5 6 whip is just not reflective of what we saw mm-hmm. like with our own you know with our eyes mm-hmm. uh, so that that to me suggests un- being uncomfortable and he's working through some stuff adding in two new pitches to his mix right like throwing yeah, pitches he's I mean, not comfortable with bringing two pitches out of retirement yes things that you were that you were saying there yeah adjusting to a different zone yep that i mean a lot of people are adjusting to but for him in the style of pitcher he is it's a legitimate it's 180 a bit, it's a yeah. it's a different tune yeah you're li- you're li- you're I mean, quite literally building two new pitches on the fly and wanting to integrate them into games. In the middle of a, se- or in the in middle the, of a season. Yes. No, it's not. If this is like February. It, it's one thing. Right. But it's like he has three home runs in five starts. It's like, well, yeah, if he's throwing a slider that he's not comfortable with and he's hanging it because mm-hmm. he's not used to throwing that pitch yet, duh, like it's going to get taken deep. We're talking about major league hitters at this point in AAA mm-hmm. or major league adjacent hitters. Um, okay, so we have Michael McGreevy to keep an eye on from your trip, on Daniel's trip watch. Michael McGreevy. I mentioned Ivan Herrera. Would, you, would it be fair to be he's on your on your watch as well? Yeah, and I think the, the changes we're seeing with him. Um, I'm trying to wrap it, up here, buddy. I'm not trying to rush oh, you. Okay. We've been going for like an hour That's and fine. 20 minutes. Is the music, yeah. music playing? Not yet. No, I'm just trying to make sure that we get yeah, we get this Yvonne, all su- summarized here. Ivan Herrera. We can, we can keep going after this, but I just want to make sure that we're right. summarized. Moises Gomez. Moises Gomez. Uh, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker. That's a five-man group that is like pretty in, in reflective of like what the future of the Cardinals organization might look like. Yeah, and I think there are five different types of. I mean, I, every player is different, right? Every player is unique. In their They're own all way. at their own journey, right? And you have guys who, I mean, especially like the last two, Walker and Wynn, guys who you kind of look at as possible cornerstones. Yep. For the future. Um, all playing on the. I mean, and it's funny because like this is well, I guess Yvonne and and Zach Thompson wouldn't fit into this, but like you look at four of those guys were playing in in Springfield last yeah. year, so it's like it's kind of the evolution, weird. the graduation. Yeah. yeah, they're moving up. Okay, so th- that we have those summarized, is there anyone that you're worried about that you see? Like, listen, I mean, I'll, I'll preface and I'll mm-hmm. say, listen, Daniel is not the Cardinals decider. When, when we say worried about, we're not meaning like, man, like this player might not make it. Like this means something. But when you look at it and you go, huh, that's something. Like there's something wrong there besides I think Zach Thompson because we, you know, we talked about that. Um, is there a player where you go like, man, that's really underwhelming? I wouldn't say worried, but I think some of the, some of the recent starts kind of change the stats. But I think Connor Thomas is one mm. of them where, I mean, he's had a couple of tough starts the last two times out. Um, and I know we talked about this with him and uh, and uh, just kind of the way he pitches and adjusting to that new zone. Yep. Um, because the last couple starts, he's um, just looking at combined for eight innings, giving up 
14 runs in those two starts. Um, but before that, I mean, he had kind of given some, some length in, in his outings. Um, but, I mean, I, I think when you look at, uh, I think one of the things like the strikeout success that we saw a lot in the fall league just hasn't kind of mm-hmm. um, shown up this year yet. And that's something that uh, uh, I, I think is just coming with being behind counts, right? And that that's, yeah. it's kind of him. Not learning. competitive at bats. Yeah, it's 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 him having to adjust to like, okay, well, the zone, this ABS zone and the times that he's pitches typically has favored, um, you know, hitters on pitches low and away from, you know, his experience. And now it's like, okay, I got to find a way to, to, to kind of combat that. Right. Because you don't have the, the 94, 95 mile an hour fastball. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, and that's not the, the, the blow by you rescue. The, yeah. Pitch. And that's not the, yeah. the, or, you know, obviously we've seen other guys, right. We're, you know, getting to the high nineties, but like, that's not the type of guy he is. And I, I think like, I think Michael McGreevy is kind of like, obviously they're two different pitchers. Right. But they're both guys who have found or have gotten up to this level and, and had success even pitching with lower velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Michael McCreevy's going to just hammer you with sinkers, right, and, and throw that slider away. Yeah, force Con- you into the ground. Right, and Connor Thomas, it's it's I, I think it's him just still kind of finding his, his groove and, and learning that zone, um, especially when it comes to, to right, uh, facing right-handed hitters. That was something that obviously the, the kind of that the introduction of the cutter changed for him. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's somebody who I, I think just kind of, uh, like, heading into this next month will be one to kind of watch to see how he just makes adjustments. Um, and, and it's, I mean, see if he's able to just to kind of figure out, you know, and kind of get back to the guy he was last fall. Um, I think there are certainly starts this year where you look at and you're like, okay, like, this is that, you know, th- this is the guy who, you know, you know, has mm-hmm. some, I mean, he... He can pitch. I mean, he can provide quality innings, and I think it's just kind of uh, waiting to see the res- those results kind of show up in, in this next kind of stretch of baseball. Do it again for another month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's I, And I, I think it's, just, like I said, just one of those things where it's like it's just kind of learning the zone and, and him fi- be trying to find that consistency um, to get back to being the guy that, you know, really um, kind of worked his way onto the 40-man roster and earned it. That's it for this week on the best podcast in the minors. Uh, keep it locked in on stltoday.com for all of Daniel's stories. He's got plenty of stuff in the pocket that he has held on to from his trip to to, uh, to Memphis. I'm, I'm guessing at some point he's going to make a trip to Springfield or Peoria as the year goes on. I uh, can't speak for him, though, obviously. He might be keeping that a little bit of a secret as to when that happens um, or as when he asks to go on those kinds of trips. But mm-hmm. That's one of the best parts about having minor league affiliates nearby is that those things are accomplishable and doable. Um, Anything else you want to add before we set sail here on this week's episode? Um, I guess just like always, just keep it locked in at Uh, stltoday.com. New stands for the pages of the Post-Dispatch. Should have followed Carter Chapley (laughs) on... uh, Twitter, what is it now? It's Chapley Carter. At Carter Chapley. At Carter Chapley, way more... uh, Understandable. Yeah. Follow at the Dan Guerrero. Weaker on, username. But on on you on have, Twitter. You don't have to. If especially if you want things like uh, Disneyland content and minor league baseball, those are the places to go. I don't for. tweet a whole lot about Disneyland though. Well, is your banner photo not? Disneyland? No, it is. I actually yeah. might have to update it. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but. But that's a good place. Good good place to find some Disney content every once in a while. I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll start retweeting and. 
giving your own thoughts on giving your own thoughts on Disney stuff. Thoughts on how he redesigns Tomorrowland. Ooh, sounds like a sounds like an off season episode for us. Thank you all for listening. Okay, Uh, I I appreciate your your time in in spending your afternoon with us. Uh, Let us know how you feel about our new um, podcast artwork that you're looking at right now. It looks it looks really good. The whole PD is changing its. you know, the PD Podcast Network is changing its visual guide here. So, uh, here in the pod- Palatial Podcast Studio. The Palatial Podcast Studio. I have played a no small part in that. So I want to know um, if you like the new podcast images and stuff like that. Well, lots of new changes coming to podcasts here soon. So thank you all for listening. I'm Carter Chapley. That's the Dan Guerrero. Yep. We'll talk to you next week. 